Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is Season Season 6 of Better Let Me Tell You. love to chat with people who are putting you know latinidad front and center and our guest today you know he's emmy nominated tony nominated he's worked with you know currently working with actually with john leguizamo on his msnbc project leguizamo does america he's produced he's directed he has worked and i am going to bring this up on mtv cribs because i am (laughs) going to ask about cribs that's just i mean if you thought i wasn't sir you're very mistaken um we have with us today ben de jesus thank you so much for joining us man Thank you for having me. Excited to uh, to speak with you. Likewise, likewise. So, I mean, I guess we can start, you know, start more recent and, and work our way back, right? So, you know, as I mentioned, right now on MSNBC, you, Leguizamo Does America, it's a project that you are working with John Leguizamo, as if there's another Leguizamo, right? Um, <laughs> really spotlighting Latin, the Latino experience across the U.S. I mean, is that a fair, is that a fair way to, to put it? Yeah, no, it's absolutely the the right way to put it. I mean, we we decided to embark on this journey. We went to six different cities across the country and and really dug into the Latino neighborhoods and the contributions and the people who are really making an impact across food, music, the arts, activism, and, and so on. And it was just an exciting. It was a life changing experience actually for for all of us. Yeah, and what was what was like the impetus for for you guys? Because you're you're a producer and a director on the on the program, right? Um, yeah. To do this now, because I and I bring this up because it's something we've said on the podcast several times. Everybody always wants to, you know, the, the last election, everybody was like, "Well, Latinos are not a monolith. They're not a monolith." Like it was this this realization that just swept across the land, and I feel like all of us 
who are Latino, Latina, Latinx, you know, took that moment to say like, well, fuck, yeah, we've been saying this all along. Like, so it, it, was that a little bit of a, of a, of a push for the project? It was inception? part of it, for sure. I mean, look, just the work that John and I have done over the last 13 years as partners is really about profiling and highlighting and celebrating Latino contributions and, and using our, our talents and our crafts to bring those stories to life. So we've done a really good job, I would say, over the last, like I mentioned, 13 years, wow. bringing projects that may not necessarily see the light of day unless we were kind of obsessed with bringing them <laughs> to life. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what it takes to, to bring some of these projects to life. And, and in fact, the impetus for this project in particular was John had just finished doing uh, the Broadway show Latin History for Morons, and uh, I was one of the producers on that, so I was really close to the process and the passion that it took to pull that project Great off. show. We saw it when it came down here, so great show. Awesome. Congrats on that. Thank you. Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, when we, when we had wrapped up that show, we had a documentary that covered the making of that aired on PBS, which was called John Leguizamo's Road to Broadway. But we also kind of, it reawakened something inside of us, which was, wow, there's so many stories. Like when John first started doing the Latin history for morons, it was like three and a half hours long. We were uh, traveling to different comedy clubs where John would get up there with his laptop. And that's kind of his process is working it out. So as you start cutting and cutting to get to Broadway, you realize, wow, this is only a two hour Broadway show, but there's <laughs> hours and hours of content. So that was about six years ago when we started this journey. So if you ask me why now, it's because MSNBC came on board and made it happen. <laughs> but, you know, it could have been six years ago, but I'll be honest, maybe we were a little ahead of our time, but it just, this is how it worked out. And that's why it's happening now instead of six years ago. But I got to say, I think that you just hit on something where you said, you know, you think you guys were ahead of your time. I have to agree with you, um, you know, because Latin history for, for, for morons, like you said, it, it was, you know, but six years ago. I think that was before we had this, again, before the election, right, where everybody all of a sudden realized, oh, they're not all the same, right? They have a common language, but they're not all the same. But I'll even take it a step back. You know, you you and, and, and John are co-founders of NGL Media, which, again, as we were talking very briefly before, you know, my background is in, is in marketing and in my media agency days, I worked with that agency, or sorry, with, with, your, with your company through the agencies I've worked with. And, you know, with my background in multicultural media, planning, strategy, buying, et cetera, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass, but I got to say, when it came time to who are we going to work with, a lot of times NGL was top of the list um, because y'all understood it, you know, and, and, and I feel like you know what I mean when I say y'all understood it. <laughs> it, it. It wasn't lip service. And and so I think that kind of colors the, the what you just said about you guys being ahead of your time. I have to agree because NGL has been around <laughs> for like what, over almost 15 no, 20 years? years no 13? no oh well no 13 <laughs> sorry i was so aging please, myself no. sorry I was <laughs> <laughs> no well i i appreciate that and i i you know i think that we we live and breathe the culture so even with our our company that you mentioned ngl it was known as ngl collective which stands for new generation latino collective and so we aside from the fun and sexy stuff we get to, to do that shows up on camera the really the bulk of our business is media impressions meaning we deliver eyeballs to brands and to agencies like the one that you work for. And at this point, we're number one in the market in terms of the reach. We're getting about 30 million unique viewers a month off of our video network there. So, you know, just to give you a little bit of context, 
typically like Telemundo and a Univision would be around 26 or 28 million. So we're even bigger than they are. So it's exciting. I mean, we're not just talking about doing things and kind of complaining. I've never been somebody who likes to complain. I'd rather be a person of action. And I think that the, the businesses that we're building are, are meant to open doors for, for other Latinos and also to change the paradigm of, of what it means to, to market and to speak to our, our marketplace. And I think um, we are, I think, at the tip of the spear when it comes to that. I mean, you're definitely doing that. And I know you, you know, recently now are partnering with, with Me Too. Or is it? Or you, you've merged right into into one company? Yes, we actually merged. Yep. So, uh, so it's going to get bigger. <laughs> eight months ago, yeah, we got bigger. We went from about twenty five employees to about one hundred and twenty five employees, and uh, it's been exciting because Me Too, prior to the merger with NGL, was it, it is the the largest social platform for Latinos online. You know, we do a lot of meme videos and comedy and editorial. We have about fourteen million followers there. Uh, so it's it's kind of like this is the rise of the independence almost like we're we're not a company that came in with this giant parent company like a Univision or a, a conglomerate. We really built this from the ground up and you were there in the very beginning. So you, you can attest to it. But I mean, I remember the early days when myself and my partners, David Chattel and Ben Leff would be in a Starbucks. Guys. Or, yeah, they're great guys. We'd be in a Starbucks or we would be at the Lincoln Center atrium. If you're from New York, you would know where that is. And we were there just because it was free Wi-Fi. We didn't have an office. We had no jobs. We were all had just kind of left our respective things to kind of build this dream together. And this is really gratifying and, and also empowering to know that we were able to build this, but also to let other people know you can do it, too. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Univision, you mentioned Telemundo and and obviously, you know, there, there's room for everyone. Right. There's like we just said, Latinos are not a monolith. Right. So there's there's different. As the, as the saying goes, right? But so many times what I've encountered is, you know, when you're putting together a media strategy that's trying to appeal to Latinos, it's kind of like just check the box for Univision, check the box for Telemundo. It's Spanish language. We got them. Don't worry about anything else. That's the whole multicultural campaign. But what is it that you think, you know, and, and I, I want to expand the scope, not just for, for NGL, you know, but with everything you do, because as a producer, I have to imagine that you always have that hat on, right? Like, how do we appeal to Latinos that are fully bilingual, that are, you know, just culturally Latino, that don't understand the language necessarily, or that are on the flip side of that spectrum, right, who are more maybe predominantly Spanish speakers? Like, how do you approach it so that you are just authentically bridging those gaps without seeming like you're checking a box i don't i don't know if that if that makes any sense but no it totally makes sense i mean i think we i mentioned before we really live and breathe the culture we're, we're part of it we speak to it because we we have existed within this kind of paradigm of having these two cultures inside of you like i'm 100 percent puerto rican and i'm 100 percent latino i'm 100 percent american so it's like you add that up together, that's 300%. And it's like, I don't do it to be kind of facetious, but it's the truth. It's like we do carry all of these perspectives and all of these backgrounds with us as Latinos. It's not just as uh, simple as maybe somebody else from another culture or, or, or white just saying, you know, well, my great-great-grandfather came from Ireland. I'm not taking anything away from that. But it's different. But ours is so much more current and, and it's a little more, it permeates our everyday existence. But at the same time, look, we'll listen to Bad Bunny and then we'll flip the station and we'll listen to Drake and then we'll listen to 
rock music. It's like we, we, we are not a monolith and we come in all kinds of shapes and colors and sizes. And uh, NGL has always really had that in our DNA. And um, I don't know if you can hear that okay. Yeah, yeah. Is it all right? Yeah, yeah. It's, oh. it's, it, it, there's a little bit of a, of a noise in the background, but it's all good. Oh, okay. I'll well, I, I was saying, um, you know, with NGL, you know, it stands for New Generation Latino, so it's already in our, in our core of who mm -hmm. we are. We're a new generation. We speak English mostly, or we, we have Spanish in our, in our language. Some of us don't speak Spanish, but we are still carry that pride to be Latino. And one of the things that the, you know, in my division, the content side of the business is really about purpose-driven storytelling in the language of now. And we say now because now is always a moving target and it evolves. I like that in the language of now. And, and I got to say, now that you brought up the, the content, one of my favorite pieces of content that you created was actually with a, a, a guest of, of the podcast, eh, Yamio, which is Bodega de Pasión. Uh -huh. I yeah. loved that content. No real question there. Just figured I'd throw that out there because I thought it was absolutely freaking hilarious. Um, so, you know, something that I that I noticed from from checking out. Your... <laughs> no problem. We love Yamil. He's a talent. Oh, Super. dude, we've loved Yamil since. I mean, I don't know if you if you had known him when he was doing uh, Pair of Nuts, the the comedy duo. Like, and if you haven't, you got to check it out. Like, he is Meate de la Risa funny. Like now, then tomorrow you know he's like cats now and always um but one of the things i did want to bring up because I, i did you know peruse your your website which i'm glad i you have a website for me to peruse and not a wikipedia because wikipedia is always are a minefield of real and fake information um you know it says that you started off as a stage actor before making the transition over to producer and director how did how did that happen like how did you how did you say you know The stage acting thing is, is great. It's fun, the spotlight, but I can better use my talents over here. Yeah, well, when I was growing up, and uh, I grew up in Trenton, New Jersey, I was a Broadway kid. Like, I was one of those theater kids who was always in the school play, the Would not have play. thought about that, by the way, just looking at you. You don't look like a theater kid. I don't know. You don't look, you don't uh -huh. look like you went to theater camp. <laughs> yeah, I was a total theater kid, and I still am at heart. I, I grew up obsessed with uh, Raul Julia and with John Leguizamo. Because this was before the time of, you know, Ariana DeBose or Lin-Manuel Miranda and other people who've made a real big name for themselves on the, on the Broadway stage. At that time, it was really just John and Raul that you could look up to. And so I was really obsessed with those guys. And I just my dream was to make it to Broadway. And uh, as I started kind of climbing the ladder of, of, of professional theater. You know, I kind of lost, I don't want to say I lost my my edge a little bit. It's just that I had a hard look at myself and I said, well, maybe to your point, like maybe I can do more impact on the other side of the table. I didn't love being like one in the crowd, like lining up for an audition. So that part of the process was a little bit, it was hard to swallow. It was it's just, you know, I give it to my fellow actors and actresses out there who do it every single day. You're constantly facing rejection. And so I just decided maybe I'll be better on the other side of the, the table. What I didn't realize was it's just as competitive <laughs> to be a director in television, if not more, because you're, you're competing. You know, think about a TV show. You might have 10 or 15 actors in the cast. Right. But there's only one director. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I started interning at MTV while I was still working on a stage just to kind of set myself up for, for another path. But I mean, I had no idea that it would lead to, you know, where it is now. And I'm really grateful and blessed of, of, you know, where my work has been able to take me. But 
I didn't have a master plan at the time. I can tell you that. I just, I just kind of was like, let me try the other side and see if I feel a little more uh, in control of my destiny. And you mentioned Raul Julia, and I believe you worked on a, a documentary uh, for PBS, right, about about his life and, and his career. I, I've always felt that he's one of these actors who's underappreciated. You know, like he's so he was so talented. He he had so much, and I think so many times people just kind of go like, "Yeah, Gomez Adams from the Adams Family." Again, not a bad legacy, but there was so much more to him. And and what is it about his story that that maybe drew you to say, "I've got to produce this. I've got to make you know. I've got to broaden that awareness of of him in particular." Yeah, well, uh, no, that one was. It's like some of these projects they come to me almost like as a calling. So it's less about like doing another gig. And of course I need to work and I want to keep my, my family fed and all those <laughs> good things. But as I get further along in my career, it becomes more important for me to do things that matter to me and that make an impact. And Raul Julia, the American Masters documentary we did was, was one of those where I, I had always looked up to him and admired him. I had already done uh, two documentaries on my other hero, John Leguizamo and, uh, while I was receiving an award in LA, I actually met Raul Julia's widow, Meryl Palloway Julia, and I told her how much of an impact her husband had had on my on my life, and that I was really interested in bringing his story to uh, to the to the screen. And you know, we had a few meetings, and of course, you can imagine when people are holding on to the legacy of their their loved one who's not there to speak for themselves. It's a, it's a, there's a certain dance you have to do to, to be able to show them that they can trust you. And uh, fortunately, I was able to pass that test. But it was really about, again, just highlighting a story that I feel like is missing from. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com pop culture or from the the national conversation and bringing it to light and and that documentary did really well we actually ended up getting uh, nominated as part of american masters for a, an emmy nice. um unfortunately we were up against michael jordan uh mcdonald's and uh T tiger king and hillary clinton by the way to make it a little more difficult <laughs> so yeah you want to win you want to talk about a diverse uh, category that's the definition of diverse right there you got mcdonald's tiger king and hillary clinton yeah that's and jordan <laughs> and jordan and jordan yeah, yeah that's yeah Ultimately, Michael Jordan beat us as he's done with uh, so many others in his career. So, um, you know, I don't mind being on that list. And, and it's funny. They say, like, when you hear somebody get nominated, they say, oh, just being nominated is an honor. 
I'm here to tell you it's true. It's true. <laughs> it really is true. Like when you're leading up to the ceremony and you're going to find out if it's your show or not, you just feel so gratified that it's even being recognized. So, you know, that's, that's what, that's what happened also with Latin history for morons. It's like, I didn't make it to Broadway as an actor, but I was able to make it as a producer. And in that case, we lost to Harry Potter. So if we're going to lose, we might as well lose big. <laughs> this is true. What I'm, what I'm starting to see here is the pattern is that when you guys lose, you lose to these forces of nature. So that's not a bad a, a bad place to be in, right? Like in yep. the grand scheme. And listen, you're absolutely right. It's it's not a bad thing to get to Broadway as a producer. Some would say it, you have even more power than, than an actor as a producer on Broadway, more of an impact. So yeah. not the worst way to get there. Um I did mention at the top that, you know, you you had worked on MTV Cribs. And I have to ask, just because when the hell else am I going to get the opportunity to ask this type of question? How much fun versus headache was it coordinating with these, these you know, celebrities to film in their homes? And I know in some instances it wasn't their homes. Um, I'm thinking... My, I, you, I don't know if you had anything to do with this one, but I believe like the Robbie Williams one was a castle that he like borrowed from somebody. But what kind of insanity did you have to put yourself through just to make it through uh, that day on a set? Yeah, like no, that? I remember that. I remember that episode. That was that was fun. But I think you know, for the grant, like the vast majority of the people, it was their homes, and so for you to kind of allow camera crews to to go inside your house was a big ask. So in the very beginning, I was there from like season one. Mm -hmm. I started as a PA and then I became one of the original producers on the series for about 30 episodes. But it was um, it was hard to get anybody to say yes because there really? was no MTV Cribs. So you couldn't say, well, just look at what they did on Cribs. It was like we were kind of in uh, uncharted territory and it was hard. So in the very beginning, we could barely get anybody. We could get people from Baywatch or like, you know, Right. what maybe some people would consider like people who are has-beens or like more vh1 behind the music type people like for example <laughs> in our first in our first episode we did uh we did uh ozzy osbourne which at the time if you're going back to like year 2000 that made no sense because ozzy osbourne was you know he had been a rock star in the 70s and 80s but we couldn't get anybody else so we had ozzy osbourne as one of the the people in our first episode but that episode went over so well that I remember Monday morning, uh, Sharon Osborne, the kids, first of all, were so hilarious. Yep. Off, they were like young kids. They were like 10 years old, 11 years old. And I remember Sharon called my boss, Nina Diaz, another uh, Latina who's now the president of MTV, by the way, my old boss. And so she, um, you know, they ended up pitching her this idea to do the Osborne's reality show. So it was like, it started out where nobody would say yes. And then, you know, as soon as you had a few hit episodes it was like everybody was saying yes so it was it was fun it wasn't like uh what you would think it's funny because when somebody invites you into their home whether they're a superstar or not they feel they're hosting you right so they want to take care of your your guest so it was cool you'd see a lot of that more than anything you'd see a lot of like they'd have the uh, the dining room full of food for the crew and for the producers oh, and nice. all that good stuff so it was like much more down home and like i'm letting you into my home i'm trusting you here and let's make this work as opposed to like it being a, a big headache or anything like that 
All right. Well, that, that makes me feel a little bit better. But again, <laughs> I, I returned to something you said ahead of your time because that was, before, you know, you, you created this show and then it became not only a hit, but it essentially spun off the Osbournes. I mean, for all intents and purposes, <laughs> you are responsible for, you know, <laughs> that, that, that show is responsible for the Osbournes becoming, you know, the, the reality TV darlings that they did. Um, yeah, no, I can't. I definitely can't take credit for it because our, our, like I mentioned, our boss Nina Diaz was really the one who developed that concept, and she's an incredible visionary, and she helped develop also the Real Housewives, and now she's running MTV because she knows how to set trends and she knows how to look into the future, as most Latinas do. Um, <laughs> so you know, as we wrap up, I, I just wanted to you know again kind of circle back to to Leguizamo does America on on MSNBC and. You know, it's six episodes, right, uh, if, if memory serves. Correct. After, you know, traveling to all these cities, you know, New York, Miami, Chicago, L.A., um, I know I'm forgetting two cities. Puerto Rico, Puerto, Puerto Rico, D.C. D.C. And I'm actually in D.C. right now. I'm in a hotel right now. We're doing our D.C. premiere tonight. Oh, doing the junket. Um, what would you say you would be the biggest takeaway for you, even for you, right, as a Latino who, you know, who, who's part of the culture, who's not just part of the culture personally, but in, in, you know, professionally, what would you say was the biggest takeaway for you after, after, you know, this entire experience with this, with this project? Just how beautiful and vibrant a community uh, we are as Latinos and how the, 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 we're not a monolith, but we have so much in common that it's a beautiful thing. So like, Instead of us focusing on maybe like more of the dominant Latino cultures like Mexican or Puerto Rican or Dominican, we really, we spread our reach. And we were talking to Salvadorians and Venezolanos and Cubans and Ecuadorians. And I think that that was really eye-opening to say, look, we do have differences. We have a different trajectory of how we get to the U.S. Like, you know, me as a Puerto Rican. We, we, we already have our citizenship. We don't have to worry. We don't have to cross a border per se, but that comes with its own kind of set of baggage or, or, or things that you can, you can argue. But I just found like that we're, we're a beautiful, vibrant community of creators and artisans and activists and people that really add to the fabric of this country in a way that maybe is not always appreciated. Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair enough. You know, it's we always say on on our show. I mean, myself and my co-host are, are Cuban American, but you know, we always say like it's a disservice to the richness of each individual culture when we kind of just get lumped together. You know what I mean? Because Mexican culture is so rich, Puerto Rican culture is so rich, Colombian culture is so rich. It's like to just kind of think that we're all the same thing, you know, because we share a language is. I don't want to say insulting, but it's a disservice. You know, it's just, yeah. it, it, you it's know, not the full picture. It's not, it's not the, full, the full reality of who we are. And by the way, I love my Mexican brothers and sisters and my Puerto Rican family and all those good things. But it's like, I also like uh, sharing in other cultures and learning about Colombians and learning yeah. about, you know, uh, Central Americans and other countries that aren't necessarily always having the spotlight. But ultimately what I learned from that experience is like, we are vital to the success uh, of this country and to the legacy of this country. We've been here all along. We've been here. Yes, sir. There was no, uh, you look at the, the, the names of the states just in the U.S. and you start seeing the influence of Latino culture. I mean, I mean just call, call, think about all the states that we have. Colorado, you have uh, Florida. Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these are all Spanish words. Uh, um, so anyway, I just think that any 
thing that John and I can do to highlight our culture in a way that's entertaining, because we're we are we're working the entertainment business first, but we also want to enlighten people. So why why can't you have a little bit of uh you know, a little bit of enlightenment with your laughs and your your good times? So that's pretty much our mission. Yo, I gotta say, like again, not blowing smoke, but you guys definitely are doing it. Um, you know, both, both, you know, I, I mean, anybody who follows John on Instagram knows that he is constantly banging, you know, the drum about, about our culture, about, you know, where we've been, that we've been here all along. And, you know, by extension, you as well, by, you know, being the, the, the producer behind, you know, these, these projects that are really giving that, that voice a form, right? Because, we're so overwhelmed lately with you know social media and too many platforms and all this. So you know we do need people like yourself who can sit down and, and like you were saying earlier, it's like okay, this is like a four-hour play, but we've only got two hours. So let's you know let's rein it in, let's entertain, let's let's hit the points, let's make it you know something that people can digest and hopefully walk away from saying shit. Now I'm a little smarter and I'm a little more enlightened and I'm a little more educated in what it is to you know to to be part of that latino culture whatever that necessarily means in that particular context so i mean just thank you for that man like legit and i appreciate that thank you so much it's funny you don't think of all the other impact you're having you just are like in the edit suite or in the field sweating like we should just go with you know in the middle of uh the summer and it was really really uh, a, a grueling shoot a production but it was awesome and so you know, to hear you say that, I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. No, I mean, you know, I, I, I wish you know I could have more beautiful things to say, but at this, at that point, I think it would just be you know a little overwhelming, and I'd start to sound like I'm gushing. So I'm gonna cut. I'm, I'm not gonna do that. But uh, no But just to say, you know, again, thank you so much. Um, you know, you got a lot of projects already in the pipeline. A lot of projects coming up. I mean, between you know listeners. Between catching, you know, like Guzamo does America, you can see his work. You can see it in, you know, just all the content on NGL Me Too. There's, there's so much work that's already been done by y'all, and I know that there's still so much work that's being done. And, you know, as as fellow content creators on a smaller scale who are trying to ring that bang that drum for, you know, Latinidad, um, thank you, thank you for everything you do. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, please, for your audience and for yourselves, our, one of our next projects coming up is in the fall on PBS nationwide. It's called uh, American Historia, the Untold History of Latinos. And it's capturing our history and our contributions to uh, American society, beginning with the Olmecs and the Incans, like going back a thousand years, all the way through the Young Lords and Dolores Huerta and Cesar Chavez. So excited to unveil that. Nice. And when does that, I know it's in the fall, but you, you guys don't have a set date yet, right? Yeah, it's uh, September 16th and it's a three hour uh, series. So it'll it'll be every uh, week thereafter. So September 16th, the 23rd and the 30th. Perfect. Yeah, because you know, you know our people, we got to tell them now. <laughs> from now so they can make the time and you know sit in front of the tv and record it like you can't tell them the day we, before we, we still show up late though. we're still, still gonna show up late. late that's true that's true but nowadays with dvr that that problem's eliminated that problem's a, a little yeah. lessened yeah yeah oh yeah ben again thank you so much man for joining us and i know i know you just got off a of red eye you're in dc you're like a mile a minute with things but the fact that you took some time out to chat with us really do appreciate it brother i appreciate it too thank you all right good other. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismael Llano. Produced by Ismael Llano, 
and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michelangelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.